You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From May the 2nd, 2021 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, "Ah, Do you understand what you are reading? And he replied, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer, So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And then Philip began to speak. And starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Well, good morning, friends. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live at ease. That's a prayer that I taught to those who gathered and those who worshipped with us last week. It's called the Prayer of Loving Kindness or the uh, Loving Kindness Meditation, you might call it. And it's been interesting to hear some of the feedback. Some of you, it really resonated with you. And others weren't so sure what to do with the preacher taking a lot of time during a sermon to lead in a prayer. But what what I want to say about that prayer is that um, you can kind of make it your own. You can use the phrases that, that seem right and fitting to you. You can put them in a different order. It just matters that you say the prayer. 
And if you were worshiping with us last week, I I showed you or told you some of the um, evidence-based results of saying that prayer or praying that prayer on a regular basis that you would grow in the way of compassion, that you would maybe even experience some physical benefits like lowered anxiety and like uh, mitigation of pain, even migraine pain. But the primary reason in my mind to, to do the prayer, to pray the prayer, is that we might grow in the way of compassion which is the path of discipleship. Now, most of us have a little ways to, to grow in the way of compassion, right? Anybody perfect? <laughs> I, know, I know I have a long way to go in that regard, but we're all on a journey, right? We're all on a journey of discipleship. None of us have arrived yet at perfection. We're all growing in the grace of love. And so in our scripture lesson today, we meet somebody who is on a journey, both a spiritual journey and a literal journey. He is the Ethiopian eunuch, and he has been in Jerusalem to worship, the scriptures tell us. Now, this is an interesting story. We never learn this this person's name. It's never told to us, but we learn a lot about him. And so I'm going to point out some of the things, both in the text and in the subtext, that we can infer about this person that we know only as the Ethiopian eunuch. So the first thing we know about this person is that he is from Ethiopia. That's a fur piece, we would say in East Tennessee. That's a fur piece from Jerusalem. Ethiopia by, uh, on the ground would be about maybe around 2,500 feet. Feet. <laughs> 2,500 miles, thank you very much. It would be about 2,500 miles. And so this gentleman was a long way from home. He had traveled a long way to get to Jerusalem to worship. So the second thing we can infer from him being from Ethiopia is that he wasn't Jewish, meaning he was a Gentile. He was a foreigner. And the third thing we can learn from the fact that he was from Ethiopia is that he was probably dark-skinned. So All of that, in that one word, Ethiopian, we learn all that about this person. The second thing we learn about him is that he is a eunuch. You know what a eunuch is? All the gentlemen are grimacing, (laughs) right? Uh, A eunuch is a male who has been castrated. Now, the reason that uh, that might have happened, probably would have happened, is that some empires would take young boys and castrate them before they hit puberty so that uh, any, any potential young man who could grow up and be a threat to their power would no longer be a threat to their power. And this created a whole class of individuals that would then serve the monarch. Um, and something else that we learn about that is if that happened before puberty, uh, testosterone levels would be low, and so male characteristics like facial hair and like a lowered voice uh, would not have happened for this individual. So he was castrated, he was what we might call today, in today's language, he was non-binary, he was neither fully male nor was he female, he was not one or the other, he was somewhere in between, non-binary is the word that we might hear today. And we know that because he was a eunuch, he didn't really fit in, in a lot of places, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. So he was an Ethiopian eunuch. And the third thing we learn about him is that he was a court official for the queen of Ethiopia. Not only that, but he was in charge of the entire treasury. Now, who do you put in charge of the money? 
somebody trustworthy, somebody smart, somebody that's widely respected. So that's who he was. He was a very important person in his home country. The fourth thing we learn about him is that he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And what's in Jerusalem? Where would you go to worship in Jerusalem? You go to the temple. Now, here are some things we know about the temple. You know that there are different strata in the temple, right? Not everybody can get inside the temple. And so in the very centermost of the temple is the very dwelling place of God in the ancient Jewish mindset. It's the Holy of Holies. And nobody can enter the Holy of Holies except the high priest and only one time per year. And they would tie, they would tie a rope around his foot in case he died while he was in there. They'd just pull him out. Nobody went to the Holy of Holies except the high priest once a year. And then the second layer is the court of priests. And nobody could enter that part of the temple unless you were a priest. And then the third layer was the court of the Israelites. And guess who that was for? Male folk. That was for the male folk. So female Jews couldn't enter that. Guess what the next layer was? The court of women. So guess who that's for? Women. What kind of women? Jewish women. And then finally, way over here, it's the court of the Gentiles. So, this Ethiopian eunuch, having traveled 2,500 feet, (laughs) 2,500 miles to get to the temple, wasn't even allowed in because he was a foreigner and, and this is an interesting factoid, Um, Anybody okay, everybody okay with PG-13 today? If if a male had issues down there, right, you wouldn't be allowed into the court of Israelites. So there were two reasons that he was not allowed in. He was excluded. So, okay, all that, that's kind of technical stuff. Here's another thing that we learned about him. He's in a chariot. This is the fifth thing that we know about him. Who had chariots back then? Wealthy people. The man had money. Not everybody had a chariot. The next thing we learn is that he was reading. Who could read back then? Not too many people. Most people were illiterate. This fellow, he could read, and so he was educated. And finally, the seventh thing we learned about him is that he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now, it's not like these days when anybody can have their own copy of the Bible. This was before the printing press. This was before uh, there were mass production of holy writ. And so what he had probably done was he had probably purchased a papyrus scroll with the book of Isaiah written on it, perhaps as a souvenir to take back to Ethiopia with him. He was reading that. So all of that, but what I'm interested in as somebody who at least thinks, uh, likes to think that I care about people, is how did he feel when he went all that way, spent all that money, traveled all that distance to go to the temple, and they didn't even let him in? How do you think he must have felt? Do you think he thought much about it? I think he might have. Do you think he might have felt rejected? I think he might have. 
And that human feeling of rejection, I think, is ubiquitous. I think we have all felt it at one level or another. Have you ever felt the sting of rejection? Maybe you couldn't get the girl or the guy. (laughs) Maybe you couldn't get the loan that you applied for. Maybe you didn't make the team. Maybe you couldn't earn the affection of a parent no matter how hard you tried. Maybe you didn't get the job or maybe even perhaps harder. Maybe you lost the job. Does the name Walt Disney ring a bell? Anybody? Anybody ever heard of All Floridians know who Walt Disney is. Walt Disney actually knew the sting of rejection. Here's part of his story. As a young man, he went to work for a newspaper called the Kansas City Star. And he was writing for the newspaper, and he was fired. You know why his editor fired him? His editor said that he had no good ideas, and he lacked imagination. (laughs) Walt Disney. (laughs) Little twist of irony here is that years and years later, in 1996, the Disney company bought ABC. Do you remember that? And when they bought ABC, ABC was the owner of guess which newspaper? (laughs) The Kansas City Star. Now, had Walt Disney internalized that rejection, would we have ever known his name? Would we have ever taken our kids or our grandkids to Walt Disney World? Probably not. And had this Ethiopian eunuch internalized the rejection that he experienced at the temple, we never would have heard his story. He wouldn't have purchased that scroll. He wouldn't have been reading from the book of Isaiah. Philip wouldn't have been summoned by the Spirit and by the angel to go up to him. And so what happens in the story here is Philip, uh, uh, the Christian disciple, is, is summoned by the angel to go to this wilderness road. And so he, he went and he sees the chariot with the Ethiopian eunuch and he's reading out loud, which is how you read back then. You didn't read silently. You read out loud. And he, went up, he ran up, the Bible tells us, he ran up to the Ethiopian eunuch and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, No! (laughs) Are you kidding me? How can anybody understand this unless someone helps them? And so Philip sits down with him in his fancy chariot and begins to explain the scriptures leading all the way up to Jesus. And apparently Philip's words were so convincing and so compelling that when they came upon water, the Ethiopian eunuch said, Look, there is water. What prevents me? from being baptized? I don't think that's a rhetorical question in this case. I think he was expecting an answer. Oh, well, here's the fact that you're a foreigner. can't be baptized. Or maybe he thought, oh, you're black. You can't be baptized. Or you're non-binary. You can't be baptized. But none of that happened. And the next thing we know, the two of them are in the water and Philip baptizes him in the name of Jesus Christ. So the answer to the question, even though it wasn't spoken, it was enacted, what prevents me from being baptized? The answer is nothing. Nothing prevents you from being baptized, my friend. 
You've been rejected before, but not now. As we've kind of concluded this story, let's step back from it just for a minute. Take a 30,000-foot view at it and ask the question, why would Luke, the author of the book of Acts, why would he include this story? There must have been hundreds, maybe thousands of stories he could have told. He told several, but he included this one. Why would he include this story? There are two theories as to why he might have included it. (laughs) That's a great song. (laughs) Two theories as to why he might have included it. One is that maybe Luke was trying to explain why and how the Christian movement had made it all the way to Ethiopia because tradition holds that this Ethiopian eunuch went back to Ethiopia and and proselytized in Ethiopia. So maybe Luke was trying to explain how the movement got all the way to Ethiopia. Or the second reason, this is my preferred reason, I think Luke may have been trying to show, not just tell, but show those early Christians that there is nobody who is not welcome into the movement. Everyone is welcome, no matter color, creed, gender binariness, is that a word? Nothing prevents someone from joining the movement. Which brings me to the table today. Today we have the bread and the wine We remember Jesus in the upper room sharing the bread and the wine with his first followers. And since that time, the the church has tried to keep people away from the table. But friends, if you ask what prevents me from the table, you know what my answer is going to be? Nothing. You may have been rejected before, but not here. Not now. This table is for everyone, no matter what. So friends, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live at ease. And may you never ever forget that this table is open to all who would come. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.